Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. We are back. Welcome in for another episode of Steelers' afternoon drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, if if you're paying very close attention, you can start to hear a Fire Canada chant, I think, in the background of this episode. It's starting to build within the fans' minds, I think, even just as you're listening to anything at this point. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Alan, how are you doing? They're everywhere. They really are. Can you can you do a Fire Canada chant to the Steelers Afternoon Drive theme song? <laughs> fire Canada. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't that's know. That's what I'm saying. Anything that I listen to at this point, it just I start to hear it. It's all blending together as one audio. I can hear it. I can hear. <laughs> um, don't want to spend too much. You know what? We can talk about another very uh, somebody that people wanted to get rid of as well. That now actually is no longer on the roster. And Gunnar Oshesky, who was just released by the team today, actually very shortly uh, before starting to record this, no longer on the roster. So there you go. You know that should bide Matt Canada some time. The Steelers have made a move. They got rid of somebody that people wanted to get rid of. That bides them some time, right? I'm, I'm assuming the Steelers fans are gonna be rational about this and. Yeah, I mean, well, let's look. Here's what's gonna happen. Like, I mean, this is like the you know, this is like the meme with like the flying cars. It's like the Steelers without Gunnar Olszewski. Like this, you know, <laughs> like a world. Yeah, seventy-two to nothing beat the Los Angeles Rams because they cut Gunnar. That's what's gonna happen here. That's what's gonna happen here. Um, I thought the writing was on the wall. I mean, Gunnar was a healthy scratch in that first game uh, when they mm-hmm. had six healthy wide receivers. They again had six healthy wide receivers. The difference is. Pat Fryermuth isn't healthy, so they wanted to have Roddy Williams on the roster. 
Got to make room somewhere. Had to be Gunner. Don't think it was that the team is like just so horrendously disappointed with his performance that he just had to go. It was just a numbers thing. He's at the bottom of the list. It was him. Um, but obviously, I mean, you can't fumble the ball as much as he has and expect to keep your job when you don't touch it very often. And I think that's that's probably the moral story. That's, that's what's so crazy about it is like the – the mistakes that aren't well, he had the ment the one mental mistake where he, you know, fair catches at the what whatever yard line, the nine yard line or something like that. Um, but other than that, like just losing the ball four times in a total of like twenty eight touches or something like that as a Steeler, just crazy to think how many mistakes he made that weren't necessarily on the mental side, just coughing up the football. And like weird, to, like he got knocked out on that hit. So like, yeah, yeah, like how. How dare he fumble while unconscious? And then Connor Hayward runs into him on the punt return. Like, a bunch of random stuff. Like, Gunnar Olszewski is not a bad NFL. Like, he's not an – like, he'll be on another roster this year. Like, the, he's an NFL player. Like, I just didn't work out very well for him in Pittsburgh for strange and uh, somewhat, like, unbelievable reasons. But uh, Could he end up back in New England? Yeah. I mean, they certainly need the help. So, yeah. I thought about that immediately. Um, all right, well, let's talk about, so Gunnar Olszewski probably, well, not probably, for sure not going to play for the Steelers on Sunday. Somebody that we do know is going to play for the Steelers. TJ Watts, let's put some minds to rest about that heel. Perfectly fine. Practice in full today. He'll be good to go for Sunday. Yeah, he said he's fine. He spent more time talking about his finger, which he, I watched him do it. Um, he got hurt on the first drive of the game, came over the sideline. I, I was watching, I put my binoculars up. And he just yanked his finger back into place and was like, yep, I'm good. And played the whole rest of that game. And then after the game was like, oh, uh, my hamburger looks, uh, my finger looks like a hamburger patty. I should probably get that checked out. Uh, so you're saying you saw when it happened in the game, you, you recognize that? Yeah. I tweeted it. That okay. he hurt his finger. It was like okay. the first drive I, of the game. I was and then I uh, came, uh, Came off to the sideline. You could see him on the trainer, like working on, you know, manipulating the finger. And he went right back in. So I didn't really think much of it. And then he ends up on the, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about it, I guess. Uh, yeah, apparently he really messed up his finger. He's in, not a human being. He's like, so, say, like, and then played the way that he did. Yeah. Well, so like we're talking to TJ today and he's like, yeah, my heel's fine. It's nothing. And then he's talking about how, oh, yeah, I dislocated my finger and it kind of looked like a hamburger patty and it's nothing. I'm like, so is your heel really fine? Is it just TJ Watt fine? Or is it like normal human being fine? Because you're saying your finger was fine and your finger looks worse than any finger I've ever seen in my life. So like, how fine are you? I don't, he's just not a human being. How's he's the finger look now? Pretty normal now. Yeah. Really? Okay. I, did, I don't know anymore. how long that takes to it's not taped anymore. Yeah. Um, looks pretty normal now, but uh Yeah. He's he's a strange cat that that Mr. Watt. <laughs> we will see TJ Watt. We will not see Pat Fryermuth for this week and you know probably uh going forward a little bit as well but I will wait for sure not on Sunday against the Rams. And this was one where Alan we talked about when it happened and it looked like maybe it'd only be a one game absence with the way that he started out this week of practice with a full participation on Wednesday and stuff. But then he gets downgraded to limited on Thursday. That's obviously not a good sign and now being rolled out for this game obviously re-aggravated something in practice and uh you know this doesn't bode well going forward a little bit here for pat fryermuth yeah i kind of hate to say that we told you so but we told you so right 
Yeah. Yeah. I was very shocked to see him, you know, even talk. He guaranteed he was going to play. Then he practices in full. I'm like, this is crazy to think that, you know, this is a guy that just hurt that hamstring, you know, against, uh, what game was against Houston. Houston so, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, this is something in hamstrings can be tricky. I mean, we're talking about Deontay Johnson missing the time that he did. He got hurt in the third quarter of that first game. We're just now seeing him come back for this game. So I'm not saying that's the benchmark for everybody, but I was just flabbergasted at the fact that we were seeing Pat Fryermuth come back to practice this week. Yeah. And you know, it's really weird is I took video of him yesterday at the beginning of practice and it looks great. Like he's out there like running through doing mm-hmm. like all security drills and running. And then just takes one misstep, one tweak, and you're out just as long as you were the original injury and sometimes maybe even more. So um, might end up seeing him on the injured reserve here. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty significant injury. I, you know, I, now I would say you're looking at not this week, probably not the next two. And then if it's not next week, it's a short week after that. Yeah, like, right. So, uh, yeah. But then I guess you do have the longer period of time between that one and the next one, but still like, because then you're talking about four games. So at that point, would you put him on IR to be able to have the spot? I don't know. I mean, that's. Yeah. And that's not retroactive. It's not like baseball. They can't put him on the IR now, even though he's already missed a game and and get credit for it. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Oh, how funny. Oh, I just thought about something that would really get the fan base going. If they put Frymuth on IR and brought Gunner back. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i put it out in the universe now i'm sure the fans are going to love that one in the comments let me have it um but yeah we'll, we'll see how that one plays out we know for sure he won't be there on sunday for this game against the rams and that's what i want to talk about is this matchup versus the rams we'll get into both sides of the ball but i i think we should probably start with the rams defense because the one name everybody's going to look at is aaron donald i think you looked at that matchup with mason cool who has not been very good uh, to say the least for the steelers offensive line obviously it's not going to be just him you know they're going to double team him they're going to do everything to minimize his impact on this football game but what does that look like you know the steelers offense going against this rams defense where again it's aaron donald and then it's a bunch of seemingly just another guy yeah i was actually really surprised looking at some rams tape um and I have a funny story to tell about tape today. So maybe we can okay. do that later. I was watching the Rams tape. I was really surprised how much Aaron Donald has not been playing the nose. He's been playing end in their base defense. And then the three tech, two tech, whatever you want to call it, um, defensive tackle in the sub packages. And so it is not just going to be Mason Cole. In fact, it's probably going to be all five, um, you know, defensive line or offensive linemen. that are going to have to deal with him at some point. And you see him move around a lot. Um, you see him stunt and twist as much as he ever has. He doesn't look like he's lost a step to me. He looks just as quick and just as explosive. Uh, you wouldn't know how old that guy is by watching the film. And uh, he's a home wrecker, man. Like he, like you can't single block him. You basically can't. Like there, I was like, like you really just have to double team him on every play. Um, and you kind of almost have to give away what you're doing. Like to do so because the way they move him around, like you just have to be willing to say, like, yes, these two guys are blocking Aaron Donald. These two on him right here. Like you almost mm-hmm. have to announce it, like because he'll move, and then you have to make a check. And then you know, did like did you see the clip a couple weeks ago where like two Tennessee Titans were following Miles Garrett around? Like it's the same oh, yeah. thing, mm-hmm. except just the quarterback flipping the protection back and forth. Like, like you know, like it. At some point, you gotta you just gonna say. 
screw it. Double team Aaron Donald. <laughs> you know, like the, that's the call. I'll check to that one. Um, and so it's difficult to run the ball against him. Najee Harris talked about it on Wednesday and said, like, there's like specific stuff that he has to do to be aware of where Aaron Donald is. And it changes how you can call the running game significantly just based on where he's lined up. He's still that dude. Yeah, and this is the first time that they will match up against him since 2019. And I was going back and looking at that game. Look how much has changed about the Steelers and about the Rams since that game in 2019. From the Rams side, very briefly, Todd Gurley was their running back. Jared Goff was their quarterback. Uh, Clay Matthews was on that roster. Uh, Eric Weddle was on that roster. The Steelers secondary was completely different. The only player still here is Minka Fitzpatrick. One player that's still there, though, Aaron Donald. He actually had a safety in that game as well. The Steelers' um, whole offense is different. Steelers' whole offense is different. Yeah, Mason There's Rudolph. Like a single player started. that was on the Steelers' offense in 2019. Chooks, but he didn't play. He was on the team. Deontay was on. That. Yeah, Deontay. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah that, that's it. Because I was looking back, so I was gonna use pictures of your you know, the team playing against the team they're playing. You know, like when I'm looking mm-hmm. for like Steelers Rams odds. You know, I want a picture <laughs> of the Steelers and the Rams, and it's like. Okay, there's like five pictures that work here. I got like three of TJ, one of Minka Fitzpatrick, and one of Deontay Johnson. That's that's all I got. Like that, those are the the menu. And by the way, the Rams are like two uniforms removed from the yeah. way they looked in 2019. Mm-hmm. They had the white, remember then, um, which was bizarre. Uh, the Ram- talk about it, an all time fumbling of the bag. The Los Angeles Rams uniforms they had like one of the most classic looks in the NFL. And now they look like uh, someone tried to make pit jerseys to sell them at Kmart. <laughs> that's a that's a very accurate representation of what they are. I think, yeah, somebody that used to have a Kmart seven minutes from me. I, I really appreciate that one. Um, but back to this Rams defense. Besides Aaron Donald, I mean, is there other players like we don't even know if one of their starting corners is going to be out there in Darian Kendrick? Um, yeah, I got the latest. Um, if you're interested in uh, following uh, the Rams, uh, Jordan Monrig is their mm-hmm. uh, uh, reporter for the Athletic. She's really good. Um, just the latest from her here. Uh, you know that that he did practice today, and or will practice today. I guess they practice in the afternoon in LA time, mm-hmm. uh, and could play Sunday, but no definitive answer as to that but my guess is if he's in the building and he's practicing probably gonna play right i mean i yeah i would think like what's the point of having him there to practice if he's not gonna play right yeah and it's not like he's been away for so long where it's like a conditioning thing you don't know if he's gonna be up to speed like yeah yeah, that's i would assume he's gonna be like gonna play keller witherspoon's the other corner Mm -hmm. they're even even with like Kendrick isn't that good, like even even though right. he's a starter, like and and Witherspoon obviously still feeling familiar, like not not a bad corner, but n- nothing that anybody's afraid of. I think that's really the thing about this whole Jordan. Um, Jordan Fuller's a good safety, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's almost nobody on. They brought this- back John Johnson, but he's like oh, like he's not he's not the same player that he was in his first stint there or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, th- there's nobody on the Rams defense that should uh make you feel afraid of them there are some young players that i like it's interesting i was talking with nick fairball about this the other day and it's like they're they have uh two defensive linemen kobe turner and brian young who were third round picks this year and they have another uh edge rusher oshawn mathis 
and they have a corner trade Tomlinson who were sixth round picks. And those are all guys in this draft process. I was like, man, I like, like, I like those players. I think they're going to be good players. Uh, and, and, but it's like, oh, you're playing all of them now? Like, right. Now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like I like Quentin Lake, you know, he was a sixth round pick last year. Like it's, you know, uh, Russ East from Louisville is, it was a seventh round pick last year. Like, these are all like guys that I've seen that I've watched that I kind of like, but it's like none of them should be starting right now, let alone like half of that group and all of them are in the regular rotation. It is a young, inexperienced defense. And the older guys they have outside of Donald are just kind of guys. They're like a lot more like a Kella Witherspoon where it's just like, yeah, he's here. He's okay. He's nothing special. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a similarity for the Steelers. Like imagine if, I mean, we've seen DeMarvin Leal and Keanu Benton take on pretty prominent roles. I'm trying to think of like guys farther down. Like if you kind of like, like an Isaiah Loudermoke or something like that, imagine him being in like a very yeah. prominent role on this defense. That's kind of what yeah, you have. Like, like Nick Herbig and Corey Trice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, okay, I like yeah. those players, but uh, you know. Right. Yeah, there you go. So how how do you think that the Steelers, I mean, we know what the Steelers want to do, right? They want to be able to run the football successfully. Ideally, that's what they're able to do in this game and kind of set up everything else. Do you think that it is the recipe for success against this Rams team, though, when you look at them? Yeah, I think this Rams secondary is right to be picked on. I would try to spread them out. I think the Steelers are going to run. I mean, getting Deontay back kind of makes that a no-brainer, but also, like, Deontay with no Pat Fryermuth, to me, like, Maybe some four wide receiver, which we haven't seen a lot of in this game in, in this season at all. Um, maybe some four wide receiver, but no matter what, like ditch the bunch and spread this team out and make those guys defend in space and then run a far away from Aaron Donald. Like, like that's like if you're running, like be running <laughs> yeah. outside zone, be running crack toss, be running like stuff where you're just like it doesn't matter whether you block him or not, because you're just running away from him. And I think that's what spreading out a team can do. Run the jet. I think this is a jet sweep game. I don't think anybody on the outside. I mean, yeast is a big hitter, but he also misses a lot of tackles. Fuller is a pretty responsible guy, but most of the time he's 12 yards off the ball. Like if you're, if he's the guy making the tackle on in the secondary on a running play, you're calling that a win. I like Akella Witherspoon is not a very good tackler. Uh, Darian Kendrick is, isn't a particularly good tackler either. I think, I want the the running. I want to run against the edge. I want to spread them out, and I think it's a pretty like unlike some other defenses' strengths. That should be a game plan that the Steelers feel comfortable lining up with what their own capabilities are. You know, we talk a a lot about the Steelers not really being a team that's very comfortable using the middle of the field in the passing game. They're not a team that's great running up the middle anyway. Great, just be Matt Canada. Just run wide for five yards all the time. Like that. That's. That offense should 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 carry the day against this defense. Yeah, and you know the jet stuff is is interesting. I don't have the actual statistic in front of me on this. I swear they've only actually given the ball to the guy in motion on a jet sweep like four times this year through five games. Like it hasn't been much. Like they might have shown the motion a lot, but I don't think that I've actually seen the ball carrier end up being the guy coming in motion on a jet sweep. They have not even run the jet motion that often. And when they yeah. have run it, they have not given the ball to the running back hardly at all. They, or to the wide receiver hardly at all. They have three runs by a wide receiver, two by Calvin Austin and one by George Pickens. There's also mm-hmm. a Connor Hayward run. I can't remember if he was lined up in the backfield or if that was as a. As that a- was. That was a fullback, uh, fullback dive. 
Oh, it was a fullback dive. You're absolutely right. So three times they have three gives uh, on the jet or on yeah. some kind of wide receiver run. I think the Pickens was actually an end around. I don't think it was a jet. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a piece of the offense that we could see in this game have some success. Uh, I also think we're going to see the the Dolphins cheap motion, which I went on a rant about yesterday on, on Twitter. We can, there we go. We can talk about that if you'd like. Um, I just, I, I want to see, yeah, I want to see what it looks like from the Steelers perspective. Like they've been working on this, obviously. Do you think it's been the entirety of like that since it got implemented? Like, when do you think it actually got implemented? They're like, not just on the bye week though. Right. Like, They've been working on it for a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying they're going to have this thing like down pat, but there's a reason that it hasn't been like broken out yet. Again, we talked about that yesterday. Like there's a lot of little intricacies here that could throw this thing off. if It's not perfect. Yeah. And, uh, but I think we're going to see it. Ironically, I think, <laughs> I think Gunner ran it in practice today. So. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he just exit motioned. Right, right. Out he the just building. kept. He kept. Yeah, he kept just, running. Just kept going. There was a. Oh, Instead of handing him a football, he was like, "What are these papers? <laughs> yeah, clean up yeah. my locker." They just, just never snapped the ball right out the open door into a into a car for the airport. That's uh, uh, poor guy, man. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think they're. I think we're gonna see some of that. And I think it's a good week for that because, like I said, I think you could see four wide receivers. I think you use Calvin Austin in the slot a little bit, which we haven't seen much of because he's been replacing mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that in this game and really just take advantage of what I think is a really weak secondary. I think they should be able to throw the ball as long as they can. And, and they don't need to throw the ball deep. You know, They just need to spread these guys out and throw short passes to the boundary, let Kenny do his thing, you know, the back shoulders, the out routes, you know, the, the bootlegs, keep them away from Donald, get the ball out quickly. There's going to be guys open. I think it's a a very nice matchup for where the Steelers offense is right now. I want to flip the script and talk about the Rams offense going against the Steelers defense. We've gotten somebody commented early in the week, I believe when we kind of talked about it, maybe it was late last week, but either way, um, as to how the Rams line up, you know, we're going to see a lot of three receivers with uh, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell all on the field at the same time. They run 11 personnel a ton. No Kyron Williams for them this week. We'll see what that running back committee looks like, who ends up being the lead back. But as far as the Steelers defense going against this offense, how do we see that matchup shaking out? Uh, difficult. I think they're going to get schemed to death by Sean McVay. I think they're going to have trouble keeping track of those three receivers um i think that the 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 good news though is that i don't think the rams should be able to run the ball i think they can make them one dimensional and i think anybody that's one dimensional against tj watt can't feel good about their chances right now like i just feel like this will be a game where they're gonna give up yards but i think they like this should fit the blueprint right they're gonna give up yards I think they should be able to make splash. Matt Stafford is a guy who will turn the ball over. If you pressure him, I think they can get to him. Um, and I think they can make them one-dimensional enough to really let the pass rush pin its ears back and do its thing. Yeah, I, I, 
obviously like that's what everybody has circled is the receivers versus the cornerbacks. And I keep in my head trying to figure out like the Steelers aren't going to be a team that like shadows, you know, we're not going to see like this guy matched up with this guy specifically, but you know, when Chris was on here, we were talking about it a lot. Like, could this be a week? Like we've already seen Minka in the slot a ton where we see like Minka get more of Cooper cup than anybody else does in the, uh, in terms of the secondary. Well, it's great. So I had a good conversation with Minka Fitzpatrick today about playing in the slot and what it means. And this is where my, my film story comes in. So this is well segued accidentally. Uh, so I go over to Mika Fitzpatrick and uh, Mika sits in the corner. It's like the secondary corner, right? It's DeMonte Casey. Mika's in the corner. Uh, Keanu Neal and Levi Wallace, all their lockers are together in a little corner there. And uh, all four guys were were standing there, uh, sitting in their lockers. And I walked up to talk to Mika. But, you know, they're all there. Like, I'm kind of talking to all of them. I'm interrupting their conversation to talk to Minka. So I start my question with, you know, you've been playing in the slot a lot more. And Levi Wallace goes, who told you he's been playing the slot more? And I said, well, the tape. Like, you know, <laughs> and Levi goes, oh, you watch the tape? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I kind of have to. And he's like, well, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. So it was a good interaction. Uh, <laughs> I think I, uh, I earned some cred with Levi. But, you know, Minka said it's, you know, asking him what we were talking about the other day uh, about not getting enough uh, splash. And mm-hmm. I talked to him about how it is different in terms of trying to get your hands on the ball as a slot defender compared to center field safety or half field safety or robber or the other things that he's done. And, you know, he said it's it's a huge difference. It's, it's like a completely different thing, you know, where he's playing a lot more man-to-man coverage, which means he has his back to the quarterback a lot of times. It's, it's instead of reading a quarterback's eyes and anticipating, you have to read the receiver's body language and anticipate. You know, so it's like if you're a safety, you're looking at the quarterback to see where he's going to throw, and then you're going to try to run in front of the ball. If you're playing man coverage, you're chasing this guy, watching his mannerisms and trying to guess when he's going to look for the ball so that you can do it first and and be the one to make the play. And he said it's basically just like a whole different kind of defense that is much more difficult to make splash plays. But then, you know, I asked him about, well, I mean – I didn't just say like, well, why are you there then? Uh, but you know, to, to kind of get that part of it, it's like, well, you know, there are times though, when you're okay with that, if they just don't throw the ball to your guy. Right. He's like, yeah, you know, it depends Mm -hmm. on the matchup. And, uh, the one I brought up was Debo Samuel, right? Like, you know, they played San Francisco, Minka was in the slot a lot and Debo did not have a great game. Like the 49ers did whatever the hell they wanted to the Steelers defense, but Debo was, was largely contained and Minka was like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like there are games where we're going to take that trade off where I, I know I'm not going to get the chance to make a lot of splash plays. If I take away an important player on the other team, see you Cooper cup, <laughs> you know, that's, that's where I'm like, well- yeah that's that's kind of what i'm getting at there because like we've been talking about joey porter jr getting on the field more meaning patrick peterson kind of going into that role but like you're not going to hand him the assignment of cooper cup i wouldn't think so like is that going to be something that we see this week is more of patrick peterson in the slot even with this being the opponent no i think you're going to see minka on cooper cup okay and uh i think they're gonna be okay with hey this may be another game where he doesn't have a lot of splash but i think that that's how they're gonna try to minimize him um and let the you know the other corners deal with atwell and nakua 
Now there will be times where Cup plays outside. Cup moves all over the place, but yeah. if he's outside, you know, maybe they won't switch. Maybe they will switch. I think they have the ability to change things up and make um, make a move around a little bit more than he has. Um, I think you're going to see all three corners too. You know, I don't expect Joey Porter to start the game, like especially if they're in base defense, but. I think you're going to see a near even rep split between those three guys. The other thing I want to talk about, um, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the edge guys. Like we know the impact those guys can have on a game and stuff like that. But the interior, the Steelers defense, as well as the linebackers, maybe going against that interior of the Rams offensive line where they have a, a really good young player in Steve Avila, in my opinion, who I like coming out of TCU. But I don't really know much about the group outside of that. How do you think that they match up with the Steelers front seven? Obviously, we've talked about the edge guys a lot, but so more so the interior. Well, it's old friend Kevin Dotson, you know, at right guard. Yeah. And he's been playing really well since he's been there. Coleman Shelton is the center. He's, you yeah. know, like a, a veteran kind of typical guy. Not Nothing special there. But um, I think, you know, like what we know about Kevin Dotson, I think the Steelers should feel like, he, he, you know, you he is – I think he's a better run blocker than yeah, he's a pass absolutely. blocker. I think mm-hmm. you can confuse him in – stunts and trades and twists and with blitz pickups. And so maybe this is a game where you're going to see more of like TJ standing up, mugging the middle of the line, more interior blitzes with guys like Holcomb, Neil, um, Quan Alexander coming straight up the middle and trying to disrupt that interior. I think the outside guys can win one-on-one. I mean, I know the Rams know that, so they're going to have to give them help. Uh, whether that's Tyler Higby, who's a pretty underrated receiver, I think, as a tight end, uh, having to stay in, whether that's uh, a running back chipping or that's a, an outright, you know, line over double team, whatever. But I think if they're they're spending a lot of energy on the outside, I do think the Steelers can get some wins with some blitzes. And I think this is a team where you're going to want to play a lot of man coverage anyway. Like they love that underneath stuff. They don't you don't want to be soft against these guys in zone. If you're going to play man anyway, why not blitz? You know, I, I think there's a lot to to like if you're the Steelers in terms of attacking the interior of this offensive line with with pass rush games, with with blitzes. But I, I think it all comes down to getting them into predictable down and distance and making them one dimensional. Like this is this isn't hasn't even been a good running game with Kyron Williams. It really should not be one without him. They they should have a significant advantage there. They need to make sure they have it. Yeah. And maybe uh you said, you know, blitzing and stuff like maybe friend of the show, Landon Roberts, can get one on Sunday. You know. There you go. That would um, be a that would be a, I have to make a bold prediction for my Steelers uh pregame primer at SteelersNow.com. And mm-hmm. maybe Elandon Roberts gets his first sack as a Steeler. Yeah, maybe. A, uh, very good. Maybe maybe Levi Wallace gets a pick for acknowledging that you watch tape. I don't know that mm-hmm. Levi Wallace getting a pick is that bold. He had five last no. year, didn't he? Like four. He's four, got two five, already five. this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's bold, but that's. I'm saying. Good. I'm saying in the same game, just because of you know oh, okay. what's right, transpired yeah. over this week. Just, you just, know? just the people who talk to me do well. Like that would be <laughs> yeah. if that yeah. worked, man. I'd be a much oh. better reporter. Let me tell you that. Have a lot of pool. Um. All right, we got to give some not necessarily bold predictions, but predictions for the game. Yeah, 
I kind of go back and forth on this. I think the Steelers are better on offense than the Rams are on defense. I think the Rams are better on offense than the Steelers are on defense. Uh, the Steelers have struggled on the West Coast under Mike Tomlin. The Steelers have also been very good coming out of their bye under Mike Tomlin. I really think this is a game that could go either way. Um, I think the Steelers will do will have the, their best offensive game of the year. Um, I am concerned about their ability to tackle in the secondary if they do give up the short passes. Um, I, I think McVay is the best play caller in the game, offense or defense. I think the Rams win this game in a higher scoring game than we've seen, something like 28-24. Mm. Okay. I'm curious to see how, obviously, like you want to win the game. I'm curious to see, assuming there's not a defensive touchdown within there, how people would feel about the Steelers' offense coming out of that game if they do put up 24 points. It's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I have also gone back and forth on this. It's interesting that I'm probably, because I can agree with both those points for sure, where I think the offensive, offensive side of the football has the advantage for both teams. Um, I'm going to say that it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than you, though. I'm going 21 to 16. Steelers win this one. A late pick by Levi Wallace seals the game. All right. It's a bold prediction, it. and I like it. Uh, we need a ball knower of the week. We do. Um, I don't know. We had some. We had a lot of good stuff. Of course, you know there were a lot of people that were like just awesome in terms of the discussion. I mean, uh, we can't give it to Thomas again, but he really enjoyed that Dolphins Calvin Austin uh, discussion from yesterday. Steeler Wade show said another great program, awesome insights. Um, but I'm looking for something that actually. Hmm. I don't know if this is a ball knower, but this is actually really interesting. And I want to get your perspective on this now that I'm looking at it because I didn't see this right away. Uh, someone brought in their name is pretty hilarious. Drunk Turkey Show talked about how Tim Tebow also in his career early had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks after playing poorly for three quarters. And look how that turned out. Are we possibly heading down that same path with Kenny? Uh, I mean, I think you can say that about Ben Roethlisberger too. Like that was, that was kind of his thing. The somebody last actually, year. somebody responded and said about Ben too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's, uh, I think there are lots of players like that. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily common, or, but it's not really uncommon either. You know, I, 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 I you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a lot of Tim Tebow and Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I don't know who to give the ball knower to, Alan. We got a lot of comments, but like most of them are just like quick hitter things, either saying we're idiots or saying they enjoy the show. We are idiots, and I'm glad that you enjoy the show. I mean, I think that's... <laughs> I mean, I like this, you know, um, Mr. ABS 369, wouldn't it make sense for JPJ to get a large share of reps against the Rams just based on the personnel they're going to face? And this is the one we talked about today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cup, Naku, and Atwell don't bold well for our cornerbacks, and having JPJ out there seems like a necessity just because of the talent they'll be facing. I agree with that, and I think we talked about that. I think that makes 
Mr. ABS369, our ball knower of the week. Yeah, that is that's the comment I was talking about that we got. So that's I good. think that's the best one. Yeah. Very topical that was as well. Technically last week, but like we didn't have a game, so it's it's yeah, I think it's within I think because I'm pretty sure it was, it was last Friday. So like it's within a week sure. time, right? So all right, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH on X at PGH Steelers now is the site's account steelersnow.com. That's where the words live. Read those so I can get paid 10% off Steelers Now Plus. Promo code Allen10. Great stuff for myself, Nick Fair about Derek Bell. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get all the best stuff uh, in terms of video content. TJ Watt talking about his insane finger injury is just <laughs> one video up here on the channel, and there'll be more to come this weekend when I'm in Los Angeles with Nick Farabaugh. Never been to California, never been to SoFi Stadium, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, looks like an awesome place, so I'll be curious to see the sights and sounds of that place as well. And I actually didn't know Nick was going. So that's really cool that you guys both be there, but uh, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH like subscribe hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment for us to read on the show. Uh, and if you were listening somewhere else, be sure to leave us a five-star review over there as well. Brown Saunders. I'm Zachary Smith. Thanks for jumping in, taking another ride with us on the Steelers afternoon drive. <laughs>